0: Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Friday, March 4th, and uh, we are plowing through our emails today. So if you have a question and it's burning up inside of you, it's financial, it is economic, it is tax. just go to JillOnMoney.com, click the Contact Us button, and give us as much detail as you can. Of course, if you want to come on the program, which I love and Mark loves and everyone loves to listen to, we know that, uh, just be sure to check the box that says, I'm willing to come on the air. And then Mark does everything else. Today is a day where we're going to start plowing through some emails. So let's start with Anonymous, who's been a working as an expat in the last several years. And he is returning to the U.S. and he's looking to settle in the Seattle-Tacoma area with something with an ocean view. Mm. However, the market's crazy. I'm 0 for 6 with my offers. Here are my questions. Should I buy or just rent for another year or two? If I buy, I, I am keeping my monthly payments to less than 33% of my gross not counting annual bonus which averages 100,000 in the past 4 years. Depending on the final price, I may be able to get a 15-year loan for a lower rate and still stay within 33%. Should I do that? No, don't do that. I have no debt. I'll have to purchase a vehicle once I get settled. I'm 59. Two million dollars in an IRA, two hundred grand in a Roth, a hundred grand in a four hundred one K, half a million in cash mutual funds, which will be used as down payment. I started to contribute to a Roth four oh one K this year, now that it's available at work. I'm legally married but separated. Hmm. Spouses overseas, kids are grown. All right, Mark, buy buyer rent, what do you say? Yeah, I, I might rent also just because what are you going to do? I mean, you got to live someplace. So maybe rent for another year, see what happens, sock away the money. But then don't worry about a 15-year loan. I mean, you can you you can get a 30-year loan and you keep your, your payments a little bit lower. It doesn't matter about the rate. You can pay it down later. If you could find something, buying is great. But I, I wouldn't also drive myself crazy. I really wouldn't. It's not worth it. It's really not worth it. So I might just rent and chill out and keep your eyes open. How about that? All right. This is Thomas who writes, Hi, Jill. I love your show. I've been an avid listener for the past few months. I never really paid attention to my money in my 20s. So I'm starting to feel a bit behind the curve with the financial stuff I'm starting now. That's good. Starting is a good place, right? Uh, he says, I'm looking for a good path to grow my money and moving forward. I'm 33 years old, single, no kids. I live in Southern California. I currently rent. I have one roommate and my portion of the rent is $1,800 a month, including utilities. That's pretty good, huh, Mark? $1,800 a month in Southern California. Anyway, his income, 130 dollars a year with potential bonuses in the range of $5 to $20,000. In 2021, he earned $137,000. Probably be closer to 150 this year. Okay, cash. I have a total of $55,000 in the bank. Debt. I have an auto loan with a $12,500 balance. Interest rate is 3.65%. Monthly payment is 375 a month. There's 3 years left on the loan. After all expenses and debt is paid, I have approximately 2 to $2500 per month to play with. Retirement, zero, please don't judge me. I'm not judging you. All right, here's the deal. I currently work for a small firm. I love my job, but the company does not offer any type of retirement plan. As of right now, I'm planning on setting aside $25 to $30,000 Uh, which is an eight month emergency reserve of my total cash savings and putting it into a high yield savings account. This should leave me with a total of 25 to $30,000 left. Would love to hear your thoughts on what I should do with the remaining cash, pay off the debt, invest. Also, how should I move forward with my monthly savings? I'm sure you're going to advise me to start maxing out an IRA contribution, then open a brokerage account. I'm thinking Vanguard for both. Okay. So yes, let's do a Roth IRA. Okay, and then let's do a brokerage account and yes, Vanguard to both with um, maybe I would say three. Let's do three different funds. Okay, let's do a U.S. stock market fund, an international fund and intermediate term bond fund. Seven. You could be 80, 90 percent in risky stuff. Now, the other thing I would point out is I love that you're going to have a an emergency reserve fund. I think the the only other thing that I would say is the auto loan 3.65, I don't know, like you could pay that off and invest a little bit less in the brokerage account right now and just like get that done because to some extent, I mean, or at least pay some of it down 3.65% after tax, it's kind of like saying I'm going to get a four and a half percent uh, return on my money. I, I think that that's pretty good as a as a guarantee. That's just my two cents. But you're in great shape and we're happy that you're starting. That's that's the most important thing, okay? Okay, Will has been investing in an 80-20 stock bond portfolio for 2 years. Now that bond prices are dropping, I'm starting to have negative gains in my bond portfolio, also known as losses, ladies and gentlemen. How do I mentally adapt to that? How should I think about it? Okay, let me tell you why how. It's a year You have been killing it on the stock side. And of course, when the bond market starts to move lower, you're going to feel some losses. Not every part of your portfolio should rise at the same time. So, Will, the way you think about it is you have to expect that certain parts of your portfolio are going to drop at different times. And what you really need to understand is that's part of what being an investor really is about. Okay, so that's the most important thing that I can tell you. I think that we get so used to watching markets rise. You forget that like over those past two years, even if you go back two years ago, like March of 2020, those bonds saved your bacon, man. Come on. All right. Hi, this is from Anonymous, who says, I love listening to your show. I'm too much of a chicken to join live. I'm going to take a chance. You'll pick my question for general interest. Yes, you're Right. I know that annuities have high fees and limited returns. Are there times when they are the best option? Fidelity offers an annuity for a quarter of a percent plus somewhat more expensive fund fees. This all allows tax deferred growth. Would you recommend it for someone in the 32 to 35% tax bracket, already maxing out a 401k and a backdoor Roth? it's free from required required minimum distributions because it's a non it's a non-retirement asset okay and could be left to children not subject to the 10 year distribution in the secure act look forward to your answer okay here's a question why use this annuity why not just use a brokerage account you know i get it you're in a high tax bracket but so what happens in an annuity which is different than a brokerage account is that All the money you earn in annuity, unlike in a brokerage account, is not capital gains. It's going to be ordinary income. So, let's just put this, let's play this out a little bit. You put the money, you put an after-tax dollar into either an annuity or into a taxable brokerage account. Let's use like $100,000 goes in. And let's say that you're right. By the time that you leave this asset to your kids, right, it's uh, grown to $200,000. So, when your kids inherit the taxable account, a regular brokerage account, the money they inherit, that $200,000 gets a step up in cost basis. There's no tax due. The money they inherit in an annuity, they have to pay whatever ordinary tax bracket they're in at the time. So why is that a better deal? I mean, the only time I think an annuity makes a lot of sense is if you really want to make sure that you have a fixed investment that is paying a better rate than you could get out into the, in the universe. And there are times where uh, an annuity does work. But I think in this case, I don't, I don't think this works for you. What do you think, Mark? We're going to have to get an annuity expert on. Let's get an, an annuity expert. All right. Now, is that it for us? I think that's it for the day. It's Friday. It's Friday. Anyway, um, if you have a financial question, we'd love to have you come on the air with us. It's much better. You know, when I read these emails, it's great, but I really want to make sure that you guys understand that I much prefer talking to you live. Number one, it's so much more fun. I mean, think of all the cool people we've talked to, the nuclear power plant people. I like those folks. The security for the nuclear power plant, some of my favorites. It's funny. So someone, someone heard that another soon-to-be retiring law enforcement person from Florida, and it's like, "Hey, I'm like searching around for this type of job. I can't find anything about it. Can you guys connect me?" So I reached out to that couple. I said, "Would you mind?" She's like, "No, absolutely not. Happy to help." So I connected them. Oh my God, you're such you're you are like you are a matchmaker, Mark. It's a beautiful thing. Good for you. All right, that's it for the program. It is Friday. Let's do some business. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman, friend of the pod. Mark Talercio, he is our executive producer. He is my everything. He is my everyman. We are distributed by the fine folks at Cadence 13. We ask you to put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.